This is the Doug Marone Show. Former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman and J.P. Shadrick discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Marone Show starts right now. Here we go on the Doug Marone Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone. The divisional playoff game coming up in Pittsburgh this Sunday. What's up, coach? Here we go. Yep, here we go. January football is what it's all about. Cold weather, Pittsburgh, divisional round football, win or go home. That's what the league's all about. Well, that's what, a, that, like, it's funny. You know, that's what a lot of people say, you know, on, on the outside. Hey, it's this, it's that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm just thinking about execution. You know, I'm just thinking about performing and, and um, you know, getting our team to perform well and executing on the field. Preparation, the grind. It's, it doesn't change, even though it's playoff football. No, it, it doesn't. I, you know, there's a level of play that goes up, I believe. It, you know, the game becomes a little bit faster. There's a little bit more focus during the week. Um, you know, things of that nature. You, you know, you're getting down now, and there's, there's eight teams, and it goes to four and two, and, you know, you, you, you kind of understand, you know, you know where everything's going. And, and, you know, you feel how basically how, how close, you know, that you are and, and know that these opportunities don't don't come around often and you got to take the, you know, you know, got to take advantage of it, and you got to be ready for it. And what you're trying to do is just, you know, play well enough to earn another 65 snaps next week. What what's what's the key? To, you know, because a lot of people talk about the playoff playoffs, and they say, well, you know, teams, you know, they have a hard time relaxing. What is the key to just having a team be itself to to play? And I don't want to say play a game like it's a regular season game because it's not a regular season game. But to be able to perform at their best in the playoffs. Well, I think, you know, a lot of it starts with, you know, how your presentation is to the team. You know, you, you've gone through 16 weeks. You know, you've gone through one playoff game. You know, you, you don't, you know, you want to present information. You want to communicate to the players the same way. You don't want to give that sense of, ooh, is the coach a little bit more tight? You, you, you know what I'm saying? And the player starts thinking, wait, if the coach is tight, you know, and that, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about for all the coaches. And then for the players, pretty much, you know, the, the, the practice and the preparation, that, that really doesn't change, you know, because it's the playoffs. So there is a lot of uh, uh, comfort, maybe is the right word, in, in the way that you prepare for the week. But I think what happens is it starts on the outside, you know. So I think then it goes to the individual player of what he can block out to – Hey, you know what? You're gonna, you know, this game is gonna be at one o'clock. You know, you know, whatever they say. You know, the only game on, or I'm gonna be there. Or you got to play well, or you, you know, and then and that's the stuff that I think, you know, keep players up at night. You know, and and each one is different on how they handle it. But the ones that, in my opinion, the ones that can block all that out and just concentrate on the on the plan and the performance and stay in the same type of uh, process that you've had, you know, for 16 or 17 weeks. They're the ones that have the ability to go out there and perform well. I just remember, you know, going back to '96 and, and you know, the the playoff experience. It was just fun. Yeah, you know, and and believe it or not, Tom Coughlin loosened up, smiled more. You know, was in a happier mood. You know, <laughs> and and I don't want to say that it, that, that kind of like permeated throughout the football team, but it was just fun. Well, it's a little bit easier from. The coaching perspective, you know, during the season, you're, you know, you're leading, you're grinding, you know, whatever word you want to put into it, you know, you're doing that all during the year. And then, you know, all of a sudden, 
uh, you place goals for the team and, you know, you're in the playoffs for whatever reason, whether you won the division or you got in as a true wild card, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden, you know, you would, you'd want the players to take over and say, Hey, this is what we work for. This is, this is what we wanted. So let's go get it. So, you know, a lot of times as a coach, you just kind of, you just kind of set yourself back a little bit and watch the team, you know, take over because they're, they truly feel like they've earned something and now they're ready to go. Doug, your quarterback outside of the building, at least has taken a lot of heat this week after the performance uh, last week against the bills rushed for more yards than he threw for, but he did what he had to do to win the football game, found something on the ground. Um, but he's a guy that's been able to bounce back and do some things well after a, a tough performance this year, at least through the air, right? I mean, this is a guy that can – his bounce-back ability what makes him pretty good. Well, I mean, you know, he gets – he gets he's a tough kid, you know, and, and he gets a lot of um, – I don't know, flack, because I'm not allowed to say the word that Joe said. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Okay, which is out of my character, but I feel like saying it. A poo-poo. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes, okay, so. we know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> right. We got it. And at the end of the day, I don't. He, he won 11 games this year. That's right. We've lost six. And people lose sight of, you know, fine. I mean, you can talk about every player like this, but – you know, there was a span there where, you know, he played extremely well for us that helped us get into the playoffs and win the division title. And, you know, obviously, you know, it, you know he wants to play better at times, you know, like we all do. And, you know, I'm excited for him. You know, he has a chance to go out there again and, and, and win a game. And when you keep winning, I think you could ignore what all the people say on the outside. Isn't it great to be able to, uh, to get criticized for the, the lack of offensive production and you won. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I sit there and they're like, well, you know, you know, you were and you are. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and, and you know, say, uh, you know, I'm not worried about this or not worried about that. I'm worried about a lot of things all the time. You know, there, there's things, you know, offensively, defensively and special teams that we need to, you know, clean up or improve upon or whatever it may be. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you sit there and you think to yourself, well, shoot, I'm glad I'm answering these questions and we just won, you know, then answer these questions when you don't win. But you do have an understanding that if you don't perform better in certain areas that, you know, that's going to run out. And that's why you keep pushing and keep trying to improve upon that. Speaking of quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger had the five interception day against you guys back in, in week five. But then the Steelers went on a roll. They won 10 of their last 11 games of the season. Uh, Big Ben, outside of that game, has had a very good season again, of course. Uh, what have you seen over the last few weeks of tape from Ben that's different from what you saw back in week five? If well, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're talking about a guy that's, that's played at a high level for a long period of time. You know, um, so, you, you know, you, you look at their team, and, and I've said this before, from top to bottom, they're probably the most talented roster we play. You know, when you go position for position – uh, they have outstanding football players throughout their whole entire roster. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of ways to beat you on offense, you know, whether it's with the running back, whether it's with the receivers, the quarterback, the offensive line. You know, there's really not a weakness, you know, uh, to them from an offensive standpoint. Special teams-wise, they're solid. You know, they've, they've always done a good job. They always run. They tackle well. They protect well. You know, defensively, they're always tough. I mean, they're very difficult to, uh, to run the ball against. They always have been. Uh, they're very stout up front. They're very hairy-handed. And, you know, this the team that we're playing has, has been in the playoffs. They've won a lot of football games. They You know, there's guys there that have won Super Bowls. So, 
you know, it's going to be a great challenge for us. But like I said before, the experience, the youth, the weather, the atmosphere, that stuff is all out the window because everyone's focused on making sure they can perform within those lines. And, you know, when that ball, like I tell the players all the time, I say, hey, as soon as I put that ball down, let's go play. There's not a lot that people are thinking about except, you know, hey, here to call, you know, know, know your assignment, do your job. I mean, those are the three things that are going through everyone's mind. Well, and you talk about experience of Ben Roethlisberger, 20 playoff games. which, no. uh, But, you know, the, the reality is, I mean, look, at, prior to the game, I'm sure it helps because it kind of helps him prepare and he knows what to expect. But once the game kicks off, it's a football game. It's a football. I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, it's, it's tough for people on the outside to see that because obviously they've never gone through it. And I think for a standpoint of when you're watching a game, you know, as a fan, maybe – you know, it's a whole lot different watching your team in the playoffs than it is watching your team during the regular season, I would imagine. I'm, I'm guessing. You know, but for a, a player, you know, the stuff leading up to it, you feel it a little bit. You know, the extra media, the extra attention, the, the, the you know, there's more cameras, there's more, there's more people on the sideline, there's, you know, more enthusiasm. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, those players go out there and they just play, you know, and you block out everything. You know, same with me. You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff – you know, once the game starts, it pretty much for me myself. I know the coaches, I know the players. There, a lot of stuff on the outside is blocked out. We'll come back. We'll get into some of the matchups this week. The Jags' defense against some of those Pittsburgh weapons. This is the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Welcome back. Doug Marone's show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and the Jags head coach, Doug Marone. Boy, some fun matchups this week to, to watch, at least for people watching the game. Those yeah, tent, tent exactly. Yeah, Doug, Doug challenging all the matchups. Challenging matchups for us, fun for everybody else. <laughs> you yeah. know, because you got Lavian Bell, all pro running back. Um, you got uh, Brown on the outside, all pro wide receiver. But you got guys that can match up with them. That's the good thing about this, that the confidence in your defensive group um, they can go out and line up against anybody, even these guys in Pittsburgh. Well, I think they do have a level of confidence about themselves, but I also know that they have a level of a work ethic and knowing that it's going to be a challenge. So, you know, they, they've worked extremely hard. We've had good practices during the week. You know, I think they, they understand the, the, the type of players that they're going against, and I think there's a, a, a mutual respect, and it's something that, you know, you have to go out there and you, and, and you have to be, you know, have laser-like focus every single play because if you don't, you know, someone's going to make a play either way, whether it be one of our guys or one of their guys. So it, it is, you know, even for me as the coach, you know, it's it, I, I'm excited about seeing those matchups too. Well, one of the matchups that's going to be great to watch is going to be Le'Veon Bell against anybody. Uh, he's a great back, uh, whether it be linebackers or AC Aaron Colvin. You know, tackling him in the nickel. You know, he's a back that. I don't want to say he's a rarity, but I mean, there's there's not many backs in the league that just play every single snap, and are are touching the ball like him in games. Well, I think you know that's one of the things that you know we we were able to do early on for whatever reason. You know, we were able to limit his touches and you know really uh, and and limit some of the production. You know, and you look at what he's done during the year, and it's really outstanding. I mean, he leads all running backs with. You know, I think, you know, 85 targets, you know, out of the backfield. He is an excellent route runner. 85 catches. 85 catches, yeah. excuse me. He, yeah. You know, he's an excellent route runner. 
um, he's a good inside runner. He can bounce the ball outside. He can, you know, make people miss. You know, he has speed. You know, he he's really, you know, the the total package back there. And, you know, you said about AC in the secondary, and I hope we, we, we don't get, you know, to see that. You know, I hope the guys up front, you know, in our front seven can handle that. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge for them. I mean, three out of their five offensive linemen are, are Pro Bowl players. You don't, you don't get picked to the Pro Bowl, you know, by not playing well. And they're extremely good football players. So we'll be challenged up front. And, and again, the, the challenge is to make sure, you, you know, you can stop him from running the football and try to, you know, make those third downs, you know, put him in long-yarded situations where, you know, he his route running is not as effective, you know, in a, in a third and long situations as far as targets. And, you know, maybe you can force him into pushing the ball down the field, holding a little bit longer, and maybe forcing him some mistakes because – you know, everyone knows it's not a secret that, you know, um, you know, we've done very well when we've been able to cause turnovers. It's amazing to me, though, on the season. They played 15 games, 406 touches, 27 touches a game. I mean, I mean, he and, – and, and it doesn't seem like, you know, when you watch him, when you watch him at the beginning of the game or you watch him at the end of the game, his speed is the same. Yeah, I mean, he plays the same way. He's in outstanding shape. He's a, like I said, he's an excellent football player, and you know, he's one of those guys that you'll watch during the game. It'll be four yards here, six yards here, three yard pickup in a pass. Maybe it's eleven. Maybe it's six, four, three. You know, at the end of the game, and then also you look at the end of the game. It's like you said. It's like you know, twenty-seven touches, a hundred and something yards. This total purpose. You know, a touchdown here. You know, a lot of key plays in it. You know, and I just think that that's the type of consistency that that he brings to the table. Final couple thoughts here, Coach, for you. Obviously a huge football game, divisional playoff game. You got a win last week. You're going into a hostile environment this week in the, in the cold weather and all that. But this is a confident football team you have underneath you right now that they'll line up against anybody that's, that's next on the schedule, that, including the Steelers. That's true. That's true. You know, I told those guys, don't you know, let's keep our weight the same and do everything. I put on an extra five. <laughs> it was a good excuse, you know, to put some layers around me. You know, so I everyone's asking me about the weather. I said, shoot, I'm 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 fine. I I put on five extra pounds. I'll be warm. But um, you know, like you said, I think you know the players are excited. Um, you know, this is a different bunch. This team. I I, I say it all the time. I, I I wish I can tell you, and I haven't figured it out. I don't. You know, they're they're very competitive. Um, they play with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they feel like they have something to prove. They feel like they don't have a lot of respect. Um, you know, they understand that, you know, you know, every time that we win, we, we gain a little bit more respect, but not where they feel they should be. So, you know, um, they go out there and they, they, they compete and they feel good about themselves. Um, it's a very close team. You know, the locker room has been good, you know, on the field today was excellent. And, you know, this is a great challenge for this football team. And, uh, it's one that we're ready for. I really believe that. Let's go get one. Let's go get it. Have a good one, Coach. All right. Thank you, JP. Doug Marone, head coach of the Jaguars with us. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Jeff Logman, head coach Doug Marone out of here. The Doug Marone Show continues, though. The Jags and the Steelers coming up in the AFC Divisional Playoff game at Heinz Field. The kickoff time is 105 on Sunday. The game time temperature expected to be about 18 degrees. Cold. Got to toughen you up, Logs. Look, as as my compatriot explained, uh, like Tony Maselli said, yes, we don't need to be tough anymore. 
That's accurate. Yeah, that's true. Okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, and I explained that to him a couple of weeks ago because he was giving me grief for shivering and saying how cold it was in Tennessee. And I was like, look, I'm 50, okay? <laughs> My days of being tough are long gone, okay? Mm-hmm. So – um, my days of being tough aren't going to suddenly uh, come back to me this week because it's playoff game in Pittsburgh, okay? The frozen Steel City doesn't matter, okay? I will be dressed accordingly. Okay. I have robbed my hunting closet of sure. all of the good stuff, sure. and I will be prepared this week. I like that. Unlike I was in Tennessee. Smart. Smart. I was not smart in Tennessee. Well, I mean, you had the forecast. I don't know what happened. Well, well it was uh, it was a miscalculation on okay. the effective uh, on the effectiveness of the insulation material that I was wearing. Uh-huh. Now you know and, better. And it was a miscalculation on how uh, the heating properties of the open air broadcast booth would be. Yeah, not there was none. There should have been a, like yeah. a like a space heater underneath of us. Uh, about three of them. Something. Yeah. Um, but we did not have that. No. A lot of hype, obviously. It's the playoff game. It's in Pittsburgh. And, you know, if you you hear the national folks on, on TV and all that, it's all Steelers all the time. Steelers, oh, Steelers, Steelers. They're the number two seed. They got the I mean, Look, it's one of the most popular teams in the National Football League. It's got one of the most uh, – uh, crazy fan bases and all of professional sports. I mean, look, they've got, they've got everything, you know. I mean, they've got fans across the world, you know, and and that that organization has had great success. They have had eras of great success. I mean, heck, when I grew up, uh, Chuck Knoll, you know, Jack Lambert, Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowl titles, still Curtin. I mean, look, I mean, that's that football team was it, you know, and then. Uh, then recently, you know, a yeah. couple Super Bowl wins, Mike Tomlin, Bill Cower, you know, more reason to celebrate. And it's, it's, it's a great organization. They know how to do things. And, you know, so I get all the conversation about Pittsburgh, you know, and that's kind of part of the deal. And so it's kind of an afterthought that Jacksonville could even win. You know, it's, that's not even part of the conversation. Most people are wanting to know how much Pittsburgh is going to win by, you know, outside of, of our conversations, sure. yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be an interesting game, uh, even though uh, this team is not given much of a chance and their offense is being criticized and, and laughed at in a lot of cases. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we, throughout the week you have stations from around the country that call for interview requests from, from folks that are on the air here. So you do a bunch of hits. I know t- Tony does You some. had them. I've had them this week in, like, D.C. and Edmonton, Alberta, like all over the place, right, about previewing the game. Um, but – they're not really in tune with what the Jaguars are doing a lot, so they want a little insight into okay. what the Jaguars are doing. Well, you were one on one earlier today in Pittsburgh. <laughs> this is great. Uh, about this is a Pittsburgh interview too. This okay, a Pittsburgh interview or station in Pittsburgh yeah. asked you, and, I, and I'm not going to name the show no, because no. you know it, 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 that that doesn't really serve any purpose. So okay? the question was regarding how the Jaguars it was about Antonio Brown cover Antonio Brown. You know, guy, the guy asked me and you know, he's a host. Uh he's like, "Hey, how how are the Jaguars, you know, going to cover Antonio Brown?" And he followed that up with, you know, uh who and how many. <laughs> and I kind of kind of paused. You you were actually listening and you probably heard me about choke on my on the on my uh thought. 
And what did I say to the guy? I'm trying to remember what I said to the guy. It was uh, I kind of I kind of got offended, and I I said, you know, you do realize that the Jaguars have the, maybe arguably the two best corners in the league, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, but uh, the last game, you know, they 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 played the safety over there. I'm like, I don't know what game you were watching. But the Jaguars don't play a safety over to help A.J. Boye or to help Jalen Ramsey. I explained to him, I said, look, if if the route carries the corner and the safety together where their zones come together, it would appear to be double coverage. But the Jaguars don't play double coverage because they don't – Need to. The first and second team all pro corners can do just fine by themselves, yeah. right? I was sitting there and I was going, man, I was kind of expecting, you know, I don't know, I don't know maybe I was expecting a, a knowledgeable, informed question. <laughs> and maybe like, okay, hey, Antonio Brown looks to be back. And in the last game, he had 10 catches for 157 yards. And the Jaguars played some with A.J. Boye and right. some with Jalen Ramsey. They did. Do you think they might put one guy on Antonio Brown this week? That'd be a good question. Not who and how many. <laughs> well, I can tell you what, uh, guy, uh, the Jaguars are going to put five on Antonio Brown. They're going to put five on him and not worry about anybody else. That's what they're going to do. That's what it is. Yeah. Jeez. Hello. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's it, 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 it's set up and look, for the Jags and, and, to and go look, and do something then. And I, and I will say, that, look, some of the interviews are great. Sure. Uh, I went on uh, Sirius uh, NFL NFL Sirius XM, their channel, and Pat uh, Pat Kerwin, who I've known for many years, does a great job on that. And and his questions were great because you know he studies the game. He doesn't look at the game and forecast the game through any type of Pittsburgh Steeler colored lens or, you know, a Jaguars colored lens. And he also doesn't look at it because I think a lot of people on the outside that are, that are casual fans of football, when you hear the the name Pittsburgh Steelers, it garners respect. It does. Sure, they've won more Super Bowls it's, it's, than anybody. It's been a great franchise. That's right. It is a great franchise. The most consistent. And when you match Pittsburgh Steelers against Jacksonville Jaguars, that's just the that's the reaction of a casual fan. And hopefully this week, the Jaguars will stomp the Pittsburgh Steelers and start to erase some of that perspective. I like that. We'll come back a little later. We'll get into um, Brown, and you know he's been out with the the uh, injury, calf, yeah. something like that. We'll get into that. Uh, plenty to get to. We'll break down this game as we move along. The Doug Marone Show continues after this on the Jaguars Radio Network. Uh, you know, number one, it's against a good Steeler defense. Number two, the weather's going to be horrible, uh, so it may just uh, behoove the the Jags to keep doing what they've been doing and feature Fournette and, and Ivory and, and Yeldon if, if uh, all three of them are suited up. So, you know, uh, when you go into Pittsburgh, it's never easy. And then when Mother Nature's on the other side of the field, 
Uh, it makes it doubly tough. Hall of Famer Dan Fouts, NFL and CBS analyst on the J.P. Shadrick podcast. It came out earlier today. Hear more on the Public's Tailgate show coming up this Sunday. And the Doug Marone show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman. The question was, after the performance last week, is it a setting? Can you bounce back in a playoff setting like this as a quarterback? And that was the answer from Dan Fouts. Yeah, and you can tell that uh, Dan Fouts uh, clearly is like me and that he's gotten soft and uh, <laughs> has forgotten about, uh, look, weather doesn't matter. You know, if, if, it's, if the wind's blowing at 50, okay. But if it's cold, so what? Okay, the balls travel in cold weather too. Uh, I don't think cold weather has anything to do with how Blake is going to perform. Now, here's what I do know. Okay. Blake is coming off of two games that he hasn't been very good. But we also know that it wasn't very long before that that we were talking about him as the hottest quarterback in the National Football League. He was the highest-rated quarterback in the league through the first three games in December. And, I, I look, that doesn't just completely disappear. And can it completely come back? Okay, well, let's look at some of the games that we thought he wasn't very good and games that all of a sudden we went, wow. Let's go back to the early part of the season, the home game here against Tennessee. You remember that game? Didn't go so well for Blake, right? Mm -mm. What happened the following week? Travel to London against Baltimore. Yeah, found the tight end three times. Holy cow, right? Did did, did we have any sign that Blake was going to come out and light it up? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, let's go to at Indianapolis. Okay, mm-hmm. the Indianapolis game at Indy. Okay, the week before that, it was, let's see, L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. How was Blake's performance in that game, in the Rams game? Mm-hmm. Eh. No. Not good, right? Not good, Coach. Okay, no. well, so we had no idea that Blake was going to perform well at Indy. And what happens? I think there was a big play on six consecutive drives to open the game. Bam, bam, bam. Okay, and end up racking up 518 yards of offense. You know? So, look, he, he I give him credit. He's tough as nails. Okay, he's tough as nails. He did what he had to do last week to lead this team to victory. At the end of the day, leading your team to victory is the only thing that matters. Yes. And I think that he's capable, obviously, of doing more than passing the ball for 77 yards. Yes. Okay, which is what he had last week. Well, 77, right? 87. Yes. 87. Okay. You sure about that? Yes, 87. 88 yards rushing. You are correct. Through the air. Thank you. 87. They played ran the Bills for last week, too, in case you weren't. 10 3 was the final. Was that what it was? I thought it was like Pittsburgh. I thought it was forty-three to three. (laughs) (laughs) You watched a different tape than I was. But I mean, he's capable. You know, he's capable. And and here's the thing: I think that will be very different because if if you go back and you look at the the game in Tennessee and then the game against Buffalo, I, I think the game plan in Buffalo was. Let's just not do anything to screw it up. Well, that's what uh, Nate Hackett, the offensive coordinator, said today. That the plan was let's not turn this ball over because that, that's kind of the game they I think they well, felt was going to happen. And I, and I think that there's ways that you can still maintain that approach, okay, but still be more aggressive. And I, and I think that this week I think the Jaguars will be more aggressive. And I think that uh, throwing on first down – calculated risks, throwing the ball down the field, uh, more towards the outside where you run less of a risk of having the ball intercepted. 
I think those are all things that we're going to see this week. And, and I also think that the possibility of trying to steal a possession early in this game, mm. like they've tried in the past with some type of trickery, whether mm. it be fake punts or surprise onside, onside kicks mm. or some uh, razzle-dazzle in the return game, I, mm. I think we're going to see something like that early in this ball game because this team is different when it gets a lead versus a game that's kind of close or they're playing from behind. Very different team. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And they've been successful in some of those uh, trickery situations this year. You, yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, what, three successful fake punts? You had a surprise onside kick that worked that got called back yeah. because 52 couldn't stay onside, so it's not that hard, 52. Let's stay onside. You know, so, I mean, they've got some things in the book, and it's amazing to see that over the last – uh, Buffalo Bills, did you see how they played the Jaguars? They were playing them like they were going to run a fake almost on every special team's play. Good. You know, so, okay. I mean, that's good. That's part of I it, mean, right? So you got to take advantage of it. And then also, uh, one other thing, special teams-wise. You know, when you talk about special teams, you know, you, it's all part of the conversation when we use the term complementary football. And last week against the Buffalo Bills, there was some good and some bad with special teams, okay? Good, you know, Nortman kicked a beautiful long one to flip the field, okay? Backed the Buffalo Bills up. Jadon Mickens, eh, okay, not so clean, right? He's got to be better. And then he got hurt, and Didi came in and did did fine. And the end of the ball game, Brad Norton has an opportunity to, to kick, you know, a ball and pin him back. You know, one was like 38, one was 40. Neither one of them had hang time. Got to be middle, be middle of the field, too. Got to be better than that. Yeah. You know, got to be better than that. You know, look, and, and especially in a game of cold weather, Pittsburgh Steelers, great offense, lots of offensive weapons. You've got to be really good on special teams this week. When we return, the plan to sack Big Ben. Oh, it's going to happen. The plan. We'll get it from you when we come back. It's the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Of course not. When we beat him, he came out and said, I'm thinking about retiring. <laughs> and so you go, you go, you know what I mean? You wouldn't be a competitor if you said what knocked you down. You know, Malik got in his face a good bit. You know what I'm talking about? Malik Jackson, one of our Pro Bowl guys, you know, all pro guys. So he's definitely right now feeling that he's got to prove something. Um, but I'm telling you, we do too. Telvin Smith, love that end part. We do too. Have something to prove. Doug Marone Show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Doug Marone joined us in the first half hour tonight. Yeah, Big Ben wants some more of the Jags, he said last week, and he went out of his way this week to, to praise this group and said it's one of the best defensive groups he's ever played against. So, um, but as, as Telvin said there, he threw five picks, a career high against this yeah. group. You always want to get back at the group that got that. Yeah, and I, you know, and I didn't have a problem with what he said last week. You know, right. and he was hoping that he would have another opportunity to play in Jacksonville. I mean, look, when you throw a career high, five interceptions, you'd like to have, you know, an opportunity to kind of get that bad taste out of your mouth and to do it in a bigger, bigger sta- on a bigger stage. You know, so, and and when he said that, it wasn't disrespectful to the Jaguars or. Uh, their defense, you know, I, I thought he was just being honest. Now, uh, this week, Ben did the smart thing, and he was highly uh, 
complimentary of the defense and in all parts of the defense from the front line guys to the linebackers to the secondary and and look it was smart of him to say that you know and you hope that this time around that the Jaguars can continue to find ways to pressure him in the pocket because we just watched an instance to where Telvin Smith took one in on the interception return for a touchdown and the reason that play happened, Avery Jones got a pass defense. He deflected the ball. It redirected the ball, and it went right to Telvin, and he took it to the house. I mean, that's, you know, and that's what you need to have. You need to affect him in the pocket. You know, and he's not the young Ben Roethlisberger of old that would do all kinds of pirouettes to evade and avoid and extend the play. That's not him anymore. You know, he, he's a pocket passer now, and he will do some small things in, in and around the pocket to stay alive. But for the most part, he's a stationary, a stationary quarterback now. We're watching that on Jaguars.com, the video simulcast of the Doug Marone show here. Um, the Telvin Smith pick six. In that game week five, the Steelers had just kicked a field goal to take a 9-7 to lead in the third quarter, and then Telvin Smith takes it to the house. And – that turned that game around, and it turned the early season around, really, for the Jaguars. If you think about that play, Telvin's play against Big Ben. Well, I think it, it, made, it, it noted the arrival of the defense. I think that would be a good way to put it because, uh, you know, if he had the big game, you know, opening day, 10 sacks against Houston, you felt good about that. Yes. But then you lost to Tennessee, you know. Uh, you go to Baltimore and you, and you do some impressive things. I think what did the Baltimore Ravens have? Like not even 20 yards at the half, you know, that neg- ball like game. Negative passing yards at one point or yeah. something. Right? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so and you're like, okay, well, you know, two out of three, you know, they're, they're doing some things on defense. But then to come out and to go to Pittsburgh and to, uh, you know, intercept Ben Roethlisberger in a career high, I mean, that's – that's a statement game, but but it was a statement game that looked this defense really kind of. I think I think this defense at the beginning of the season believed that it could be good, but I don't even think that they knew how good they could be, you know, because the week before against the Jets, you know, in a game that wasn't played very well, the defense gave them an opportunity to win that, and then the Pittsburgh game, it was, you know what, <laughs> we're pretty good, we're pretty good, and then it got really consistently good. You know, with that defense, to where every week, then they the expectation of themselves, I think, changed, and so uh, the Pittsburgh game, I think, provided a lot of things. It provided that competitive atmosphere, the competitive uh, play amongst the players on the defense, and then also an expectation level that this is what we need to do every week. We can't have what happened last week against the Jets, to where we screw up and allow something to happen that cost us a ball game. If we're going to win, we need to take our game to this level that we just did at Pittsburgh. We uh, touched on Telvin there. Speaking of linebackers, there's a number of linebackers on the injury report this week, but Telvin Smith, who missed yesterday, was limited back on the field today with an ankle issue. Paul Puzlesny battling an abdomen issue that kept him out of the second half last week, did not practice Wednesday he was back today. Blair Brown, limited Wednesday in practice, injured his ankle in practice, did not practice today. Doug Marone's hoping to have him back out there tomorrow. So linebackers well, all that, of a sudden. That, yeah, that, it, and that's a concern because, uh, you know, when you say that, you know, they, they, they kept Paul Puzlesny out of the second half in last week's game, he couldn't go. 
Right. I mean, it wasn't like they said, you know, hey, so you know, just take the half. We're, yeah, off. we're right, just going right. to give you. The, well, I mean, if it's a playoff game, if he could go, he would have gone back well, in. He could, right? Yeah, he couldn't go. Right. You know, and and I know he's been limited this week. Yep. And, you know, and Blair Brown's his backup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the early part of the week, you know, I was sitting there thinking, okay, if if you're the if you know, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, what would you want to do to attack this Jaguars defense to give yourself the best opportunity of success? You know, my first thought was, well, if you've got Blair Brown playing and Paul Pozlesny can't go, you want to try to keep Blair Brown on the field, which would mean, you know, the Pittsburgh offense playing more regular base personnel and going to two tight end set. Uh, but Pittsburgh loves, you know, what we call 11 personnel, which is a back, a tight end, and three wide receivers. But, you know, you would think that they might, they might, might come out and force the Jaguars and base personnel to do two things. One, find out if Blair Brown at this t- time, you know, okay, it was mm-hmm. a little different now with obviously him not practicing, to see if he could handle it. And then if Paul Pozlezzi is going to try to play to see if he can handle it, you know, and from a physical standpoint. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch because if they play – 11 personnel, which is three wides, and the Jaguars end up being a nickel, then you're not really impacting the injury situation that sure. we're talking about sure. here. I, it's going to take a whole lot to keep Paul Puzlesny out of this football game. Back oh, in his of hometown course. playoff game, first playoff run. Sure. Hey, we'll come back. Uh, we'll flip around back to the Jags' run game. What can they do to get the running backs and that type of the run game? Not the quarterback run game. The guys that are really well, wait a minute. The, the those yards count too, Jay. They JP. do. I'm with you. But we'll break it down when we return. It's the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. I don't get into all that psychological stuff, you know what I mean? Huh. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be different. <laughs> you know, Ben is not trying to make the same mistakes he made. You know, the defense is not trying to make the same mistakes they made. And like I say, it's more of a, it's going to be a challenge once again. You know what I mean? Uh, it's the playoffs. You know, things are going to be different. You know, we tell to come out of a game. There's Leonard for that. Jaguars running back. Doug Marone show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach, joined us in the first half hour tonight. For the uh, Jags run game, yes, quarterback rushing yards count. I get it. Thank goodness. Yes, because the running backs have not had many of those rushing yards no. lately. No, they haven't. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks we may see – you know, them try to do something different, you know, like maybe get some reps, you know, with Corey Grant or, or just something like that. And uh, we haven't seen that happen yet. Is it the player or is it the scheme? Is it the blocking? Can they do something outside with the backs? Like, how does that, how does that work? Because it's still going to be eight well, I mean, in the box, I, you right? know, I've heard so many different opinions on how the Jaguars can, can change the success of their offense. Yeah. I've heard – you know, this read option needs to be implemented for this game, and Blake Bortles and, and the Jaguars need to take a play and plays out of Chip Kelly's playbook of old and dial up all this read option stuff. What are you, what are you talking about? You can't, you can't put in something that you, you haven't been doing. You, you, you run your offense, okay, what you've had. But I think that – what you choose to run out of that offense is needs to be more aggressive, plain and simple. But you can't create 
and invent stuff because it's playoffs. Let's go draw up some new plays in the dirt. It's like there, JP. Huh? I want you to be, you know, this week. You know, we're gonna run out the wishbone. I tell week. you what, wing T. This week, Frank Frangi, he's gonna be the color analyst. We're gonna let Baselli be the play-by-play guy. Oh, dear. I, I mean, would that work? Likely not. No, it's, it's not what you do. It's not what you are. You know, me and Tony are color guys. Frank's a play-by-play guy. You're a play-by-play guy. You know, so you you have to let the offense do what it's been doing, you, it, and you, you just hope that you can have just a taste, a flavor of the Baltimore game, a flavor of the Indianapolis game. Mm-hmm. You know, where that that little bit of aggressiveness, but at the same token, protecting the football is is there, and if you can have that. This team is scary now. This team can be really scary. But you can't you can't be scared. And you can't reinvent the wheel for the offense. Go play the football game. That's all you do. Yeah. Right? Be, you be the Jaguars. And this is a challenging game. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, sure. Doug Marone. I mean, look, they're both heavily involved in the offensive game plans. I'm sure Tom Coughlin is involved as well. And it's a challenging game because Pittsburgh plays good defense. But they're not, they're not the Jaguars' defense. We'll come back and break that down for a moment. The loss of Ryan Shazier changed them a bit. And our final thoughts about the Jags and the Steelers and the divisional playoff game coming up Sunday at Heinz Field. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Final moments of the Doug Marone Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman coming up. Jaguars Thursday on our flagship station in Jacksonville, 1010XL. Tony Baselli will join us from an undisclosed location for the moment. We'll get to him, the pride of the Jaguars. A couple final things to clean up here, though. Ryan Shazier, the big loss to the Steelers this year. Scary injury, of course. He was at practice this week in a wheelchair, which they kind of rallied around him the last few weeks, it seems like, and and they're making the season about Shazier here. How different do they look on defense without him? Well, they don't have some of the flexibility, you know, that they had with him because, you know, he's probably arguably the fastest linebacker in the game, you know, and, and there's a play that comes to mind from the first matchup that I'll just kind of give you the general idea of it. They bring, you know, safety and a, and a nickelback Mike Hilton off the, off the outsides. And they've got only one defensive lineman. It's got his hand in the ground. And they're, they're bringing like four or five. Well, because they're bringing them, Shazier is faking like he's going to blitz over the center guard gap. And on the snap, he bails out. Well, they've got enough confidence in him. He bails out and is literally buzzing to the number two wide receiver on the open side of the field. The far, you know, the it's on the hash. Okay, mm-hmm. he's buzzing to Marquise Lee. Okay, who's the second guy way out there? Wow. Okay, how many linebackers in the league would a defensive coordinator have the confidence to make a call that the linebacker can get all the way out to the wide receiver? who's almost out to the numbers, okay, and you're on the far hash. Those are the things that he, you know, enabled this Pittsburgh Steelers defense to do. Wow. 
And on top of that, you know, his speed and his range really, uh, you know, limited offenses on how big their plays could be. I mean, it's it's very similar to what Telvin and Miles Jack are. I mean, they're so fast, there's not a, a spot on the field they can't make a play. And so with Pittsburgh not having him, it, it's a it's an unfortunate loss, and I hope that he's physically going to be okay just to, you know, to live for the rest of his life. Uh, and it is a big loss from a football standpoint for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, and it was, I'm going to be honest with you, JP. Yeah. It was scary watching the first matchup because I'm watching Shazier, and his head was down a lot in that yeah. game. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been his MO a little bit uh, in, in the way he tackles. All right, final thought here. They can go do this, right? It's not impossible. They did it before. It's far from impossible. They've done it before. did it before. Look, I mean, this is a good football team. You know, it's got a great defense. Defense travels. You know, defense wins championships. This is a great game coming up. Great game coming up. And, yes, they can win it. And, yes, in my opinion, they will. Oh, you're calling it. He's calling it, folks. Jeff Lagerman called a win in Pittsburgh. The AFC Divisional Playoff game coming up Sunday. 105. Our thanks to Doug Marone, Jeff Lagerman, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Jaguars Thursday is next. This is the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.